The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Join your host, who is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely Hyphen You and has 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power. And now, here is Gina Gardner, your host of Leadership for Life. Hello there, and welcome to Leadership for Life. Thank you for joining us. After the first section, I'm really thrilled to be able to share with you my good friend, Rachel Davidson, who is an amazing novelist. The whole theme of today's show is about the spiritual journey that we have in this lifetime. It's a journey of discovery. Isn't it interesting how life offers us lessons? And when we've learned those lessons, we're able to move on. But how often do we get offered the same lesson over and over again, and we don't take any notice? I'm particularly reminded of how we operate in terms of relationships and how many people will have challenging relationships in, in over and over again because they make the same mistakes. But that's true in the broader sense of life. If you think about this journey, you know, when we're small children, there is a sense of awe and wonder about everything. You think about the children that you've watched when they're being fed and they're looking at their fingers that are all covered in chocolate pudding and it's as if it's the most magnificent thing in the world. Or as they're going through um, a wood that they step through the puddles and splash in the puddles and there's that sense of joy just from being in the moment. As children learn to feed themselves, to walk, there is no sense of, if I don't do it right, then this is a failure. They just keep going, however messy it may be, until they get it. It's interesting, you know, when you talk to parents about how challenging it is for potty training or, you know, saying, well, they keep putting their shoes on the wrong feet or that they don't know how to, to dress themselves. And there aren't many 28-year-olds who have the same problem. I mean, some take longer than others, but generally speaking, unless there's a real problem, kids get it. What I find interesting is that in those early days in life, their children have a sense of adventure. They are endlessly curious. Those of you that have children or spend time with children will know that by the time they're age three, in their vocabulary are two words that they use more than anything else. The first is no, will you, no. And the second is why. And they can drive you quite literally up the wall. Well, why is this and why is that? And to every answer that you give them, the answer again is why, because they're trying to make sense of the word. As they grow older, so external influences start to make a difference and they see other children doing things. They watch the television or um, the media in some way, and they start to compare themselves and limiting beliefs start to creep in. 
they start to believe the PR that they hear. So if parents or teachers are very critical and they tell them they're stupid, then many children start to believe that. What I find interesting is that if you go through the ages of um, being a human being, that when children are probably up to um, aged nine or 10, that they have an innate curiosity and a, a, a wish to explore and to, to find out. And for the most part, if the adults keep out of the way, they create reasonably good relationships with their friends. There are the moments when uh, things go awry, but generally speaking, they sort those out. Very often, and my experience of, of being a principal would let you know, that very often it's when the adults get involved that it actually makes it more tricky. But before this show started, I was talking to Roxy, who um, is the technical angel that sorts it out, and Rachel, who's in the green room, about teenagehood. It's an interesting time, isn't it? It's a time of discovery of yourself. And it's a time when your peers' opinion matters so much more than your parents' opinion, much to their disgust for the most part. But they're trying things on to size. They're in that halfway house between being a child and at times incredibly childish. And also wanting to be an adult, sometimes achieving it and sometimes not. And it's very often the lessons that children have learned up to this point, which color their whole life. Now I talked about as being on a spiritual journey. What do I mean? Well, it's more than what you do it's more about how you are as a human being rather than a human doing. It's what makes you tick. It's how do you perceive the world and how do you make meaning of that? For some people that will be religious and that they um, have a particular belief and faith that they, that they hold dear, that supports them. And for the most part, I think whether you're on a purely spiritual um, way of looking at things or a religious way of looking at things that where the commonality lies I believe is that it's believing in something that is bigger than us believing in something that in in all makes sense of this amazing world that we live in and our place within it life then happens and most people go through college or getting a job relationships having children and what I've noticed is for very many people, I mean, it's not a law, but for very many people, between the ages of, of 40 and 60, people start to question, is this it? Is there more to life? And if so, what is it? And they start to delve into personal development, spiritual development, to try and discover more about themselves and to create some sense of why they're on this earth. And I think for those people who can identify a sense of purpose, you know, something that really makes them excited and makes them tick, those people have a really great quality of life because even though challenges happen, their purpose keeps them going. For many people, I think where there's no sense of purpose, where the days just go by and they feel a bit like Groundhog Day. And I think in this year, um, of the pandemic, that's become even more so because there are no distractions or fewer distractions, that people start to search for something. And very often 
They have no idea what that something is. And that creates a tension. And for some people, the, the need to know what it is gets in the way of them finding what it is. I've got to know and I need to know now and it's got to be a certain shape and, and, and. So they have this blueprint for what it needs to be. And what I would say to you is I think for me, one of the biggest spiritual lessons is that we are all just as we are enough. We are each of us amazing. If you just think about the mechanics of the body, you are an amazing machine, if you like. But we're so much more than that. We have the capacity to dream, to have um, a whole range of wishes and desires, passions, interests, influences. And all of those things and so much more go to make us who we are. But, you know, I meet so many people who think that they are only good enough if somebody else tells them. That even when somebody else is te telling them that that's great, they will make light of it because deep inside, they don't believe they are enough. You know, I work with clients in all sorts of situations, life coaching, relationship coaching or business coaching. But when push comes to shove, that sense of who you are and knowing that you actually like and appreciate who you are makes the difference between a life where you feel that you're never going to measure up, imposter syndrome, lack of confidence, frightened to use your authentic voice, frightened to step out and be noticed, then your life becomes limited. I was talking to someone the other day and they had a very strong Christian faith. And their comment to me was, if I am in the image of God, then who am I to diminish myself by thinking that I'm useless? And I thought that was a very powerful way of looking at it. But whether you are uh, of the Christian faith or not, the same principle of you have only you, you're the common denominator that you take into every situation in your life. Does it not make sense to be your own best friend, to actually value who you are? Now, does that mean you need to be complacent? No, it doesn't. Does it mean that you want to be the very best that you can be and keep developing so that you continue to grow and develop because i believe we are all lifelong card carrying students of life every challenge that we meet no matter big or small is an opportunity to learn every situation that we found painful that every person that's hurt us is an opportunity to grow develop and learn when you're able to see the gift in things even those gifts that are incredibly challenging, the whole way you feel about them shifts. So I wanna give you a couple of examples. I had a younger brother, um, David was um, seven and a half years younger than me and very much loved, bigger than life. And very suddenly one day he died. He was doing a London to Brighton um, cycle race. It was a, a something for charity. And he fell off his bike, we thought, but that's what was originally thought. Now he was uh, cycling with a group of people 
and one of those happened to be a medic. So he had medical attention within seconds of falling. He was already dead. It turns out that his condition was one of those which, if it be known, it was easily treated. It's the most common reason for people dying. And I may have mentioned this before, but I mention it because for me, it's such a powerful example of, we were devastated as a family. He, as far as we knew, was a picture of health. He was a very successful businessman. He was bigger than life. And what struck me when he died, not immediately, but when I started to uh, think about it, was what could I take out of this? What good could come out of this? Because in that first flush of grief, it seemed very difficult to identify anything that, that was good. But what it made me recognize is that life is not a spectator sport. You've got to get on and live every day and live it as if it were your last. That relationships are incredibly important. Don't put off saying I love you or I care about you or thank you. My brother David was very good at sending little texts and it would just say love you or thinking of you or just two little crosses which took no time at all but were very precious and I have to say in hindsight as I look and I've still got them on my phone even more precious. So when was the last time that you said to somebody do you know what I really love you or I so appreciate the help that you give me or just wanted you to know I was thinking of you because that's precious. The next principle I learned, the gift it gave me was look after your health. If he had known, he could have been treated, but he didn't go and get checked out. Um, and as a result, he died. Look after yourself, your health is precious. You can do nothing um, if you are Ill, really ill, but you can do a lot to avoid getting there. And recognize that you leave a living, living legacy in every word you speak, in every action you take or not. Um, and at David's funeral, one of the most amazingly horrendous and wonderful days, many people came up and said, you won't know this, but when such and such happened, David helped me out. Or I always knew I could listen to him, or, or he'd listen to me rather. And one guy said, I only met your brother two weeks ago. But he was so helpful and so kind to me, I had to be here. There were hundreds of people at his funeral. What it made me realise is that he had left such a legacy in every action that he took. He was no saint, and at times I could have cheerfully throttled him. But he was somebody who walked a spiritual path in the sense that he loved life, he loved people, and he learnt along the way. Now, after the break, we're going to be talking to Rachel, who has written three amazing spiritual novels. And if you haven't got all of your Christmas presents, I would really recommend these as great Christmas presents. But we're going to come back after the break and I'll introduce Rachel to you. See you in a moment. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk4TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people 
a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-u.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, and welcome back. As I said to you before, I am absolutely thrilled to be able to introduce Rachel Davidson to you. She's a great friend, she's my right-hand woman, and she is an amazing human being. I'm going to read you her bio. As you know, I read it so I don't miss anything out. Rachel wrote her first novel, The Point of Me, book one, in the Beyond the Veil series in 2017, which went straight to bestseller in 14 online categories across the UK, US, Canada and Australia. She's since published two more books. The latest is the third novel in Beyond the Veil series entitled The Hope of Us. The latest book brings the series to a close with a thematic question, can love overcome the legacy of abuse? Rachel has a unique life philosophy that was developed partly through her experiences of working within the highly specialized discipline of dressage. Anyone who has experience of horses knows the deep connection needed between these majestic animals and humans in order to compete at the highest levels. This equine practice led Rachel to explore the spiritual and shamanic belief systems. And it's one of the key reasons why a very special horse-like creature has a primary role in her first book. Rachel's married to Steve, whom she dedicates her book to, has two children and a jug dog. She enjoys dancing whenever she can, studying esoteric principles, and of course, like any self-respecting author, spends as much time reading as she possibly can spare. So without more ado, let me welcome Rachel Davidson. Hi, Gina. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. You're very complimentary. <laughs> well, I am. I love your books. There are not many books that I can say. And let me just put this into perspective. I got the privilege of reading them at final draft stage. And, and if you were to look at the draft that Rachel gave me and look in the margins, I've got little comments like a little smile. So every time it made me chuckle, I, I put a little smiley face. By the end of it, I had also had 
you owe me some tissues. And by the end of the first book, she owed me a whole box of tissues. And so it went on. And I couldn't wait for the next book and then the next book. There's such interesting, great stories. I've got so many spiritual lessons. Mm -hmm. So what mm -hmm. started you writing the books? Oh, well, um, I'm probably not going to cut a long story very short, um, just to say that I've always, always wanted to write. Um, back in uh, the very early days of my schooling, um, where I loved stories, and um, I won the English Literature Cup, which was um, handed to me as I went from, well, uh, primary school in the UK into secondary or high school, as, as countries would call it. Um, and then I landed it in high school and um, got a rather critical English teacher who rather put me off. I, I will say that I've rather put myself off. I allowed my heart, which um, absolutely loves writing, to be a little bit dented and, and I shied away from it. So I didn't actually start writing until I was about 42, 43 uh, in 2014. Um, and really what sort of kicked me into it was my, my husband essentially saying, if not now, then when, um, you know, come on, stop talking about it, get serious about it. Um, but there were a couple of other sort of, what, what actually started me on the first book, the story was that I had um, a really interesting um, soul purpose meditation with a practitioner near me. And having had this lovely guided meditation and, you know, really sort of, wonderful um uh, learnings and teachings myself i came out of the meditation and she said to me okay so so i've been given a message that you're going to write books for which i said oh lovely good yes because that yeah. kind of fits and then she said and you're going to write about unicorns <laughs> which i was i was um i was angry about gina <laughs> i didn't want to write about um stars and you know, fairy sprinkle characters, as as those mythical beasts are often portrayed in in modern life. You know, they're much more likely to appear like that, and sort of in the Disney creation than anything else. So I came back home and I I stomped around and said, Oh my goodness, I don't want to buy, write about unicorns. And and my husband sort of in in his usual manner stopped and and said, Look, Rachel, if you were going to write about a unicorn, what would your unicorn look and feel like? Um, so I paused. And he said, right, well, I'm, I'm off to make a cup of tea. When I get back, you'll have sketched out your story. And I did, it, it, on a big piece of paper, sketched out what was essentially the arc of the story of, of the first book. Jeannie, you told me to bring copies with me just to show, so I'm just going I to... I did. Beautiful covers. The first book. Now, talking about the fact it's got a unicorn in it, um, it doesn't really spoil anything of the story because it is on the cover. So that's the first one. Um, yeah, and... And really sort of, you know, that permission is what got, got me started doing the writing, the, the permission or to to go and write my version of it, yeah, to, uh, to have my perspective and what my innate understanding was. Part of that conversation was, but, I, you know, I'll have to research. And he said, no, no, you already know what a unicorn is. You already know it. Write, you know, write the story. So, um, so yeah, uh, that got me started in 2014. It, it took me three years to write the first book. Um, and having done and published that in 2017, 
I then took two years to write the second book, published it in 2019, and then um, took a year to write and publish the third book. So that was out this, this past summer. So, so let's look at the, because there's some really crucial core themes to each of the books. Yeah. And we, in our limited time, and I know you don't want to give the stories away, but what are the, the spiritual life learning themes that you cover within the books? Okay, so, I mean, I, I genuinely believe that every good story in whatever genre is spiritual, because all good stories um, take um, a character over an arc where they, they learn and and they see their world and the worlds of others, no matter what the genre, from a different perspective. And, and you leave the book having understood the lesson. Okay, so just to say that at first, my books are in the spiritual, mystical category because I like to delve more into the realities of um, the energetic body, um, how um, our thoughts become manifest and you know, what, what that can mean. Okay, so themes. Um, I'm going to hold the book up again just to sort of help me remember <laughs> to be in touch with it. So this is a story about a 17-year-old young man who, right from the very start, we know is going to die. He has a terminal illness. The story, therefore, is not about will he or won't he be saved, but more about will he or won't he come to understand the point of himself, the, hence the title of the book, The Point of Me, because the character actually does ask that. So the themes are... I mean, obviously, for my first book, I decided to do something easy, like, what is the meaning of life? And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> easy peasy. <laughs> so that's the main theme, which is, why why do we transition? And, and especially um, acute for a young, tragically caught, uh, short life, really. He's, he's only 17. So, um, but also James begins to understand that um, that his family uh, are the way they are for certain particular reasons. And that sets the scene up for the other two books to come. So I'm gonna hold on a second book now, Truth, The Truth of Her. Um, this is really um, the story of James's sister, who in the first book is seven years old. And obviously um, losing a sibling at any age is um, pretty awful at seven um, is, is particularly um, tough on her. But Lyra is a particularly interesting character in the first book because uh, amongst all of the family members, Lyra is the one who's got it most together. She, she's un, almost unworldly, spookily unworldly, which James in the first book does become to understand. He does, there's a particular um, set of chapters where he understands who Lyra really is. So in the second book, I go back to Lyra, li literally seconds after um, the where the first book ends, and I follow her life through. That book really deals with the issues of why bad stuff happens in life and how you can um, deal with it. Um, some, some of the hook lines, the headlines I use are, how, how can you continue to be a good person when bad stuff keeps happening to you? And Lyra is definitely tested. I sort of was being a bit mischievous with this book, um, 
because she was such a capable character in the first one that um, in the second one, I kind of wanted to throw her a couple of spanners. But also I think that in, in all our lives, to a greater or lesser extent, we all get spanners thrown in the works. And, a, and many people will have the question, myself included, why did that happen? What am I supposed to learn from that? You said yourself in, in the first part of the show, you know, your brother's death. Why would something so awful happen? What is its meaning? Mm-hmm. What am I to take from this? So that's really what the second book deals with, how, how Lyra comes to understand that um, she herself um, has a, um, a very important role to play. Um, and that actually, as, as it is called, understanding the truth of herself is the key to, to going forward. So then the third book, I hope I'm being quick enough, Gina. <laughs> Tell me to hurry if, we, if you must. So the third book is called The Hope of Us. And it's essentially, it brings all of the family members' um, stories to an end. So I won't be writing any more in the Beyond Fails trilogy. Um, it, this, the story is done. Um, we meet a new character, a character called Mona. And Mona is very, very interesting. And we also catch up with James's dad, who right the way through the first two books is a very... Um, well, he's an extremely successful character. I mean, he's got all of the Western trappings of success, absolute wealth, absolute power, and yet he is emotionally bankrupt. And there's, we know, if you've read the first book, we know there are potential reasons for that, but we don't really know why he's being so extreme. And in particular, in the first book, he's very strange around dealing with his son's death. And again, we don't really know why. But in the third book, we begin to really delve into that. So we have a a character who is extremely shadowed and I really go into the sort of the shamanic energetic aspects of what being shadowed means, yeah, in terms of the the energetic body and the dis-ease that we can attract to ourselves. Um, The elementals, there there are some uh, mystics who believe that by our thoughts and our um, beliefs we create elementals, energetic entities that you know, go, are created and go out into the world, but then come back to feed off, uh, off, off us. And if we don't grow and change our approach to life, then they get bigger and bigger. And this is, this is a character that's definitely done that. And then along comes Mona, who is his granddaughter. And she's going to ask the question of him, um, can love um, uh, change the legacy um, of shadowness and abuse and so on and so forth? And she is not love as most people would assume. I shan't say any more than that. But she it's is certainly not pink and fluffy. <laughs> She's not pink <laughs> and fluffy, but she is most definitely the awe-inspiring love that um, that we all actually innately know and we all actually innately understand. Um, and if you get in touch with that in, within yourself, then um, then you are definitely um, living a spiritual, a spiritual, improving your spiritual journey, I would say. So those are the three books. Those are the big themes. What's the meaning of, of life and death? <laughs> what, what do we, um, what do we, and what should we do when bad things happen and why they might happen? And um, what is love and what does it actually do in the world? 
one of the things that really struck me, and I've now read the books three times, mm -hmm. is that there is um, there is the human aspect, and you you look at a range of themes that that many people meet in their everyday life. Some mm. of them more extreme, perhaps than uh, than the, than the average person, but a lot of stuff that 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 Joe Bloggs would would recognise as being part of his or her life. But you also take it into that dimension, that that world of spiritual. Um, just trying to think of um, symbolism and um, of this mythical or who knows if it's mythical or real, I, I don't know. But actually when you read it, it feels incredibly real and incredibly powerful. And as I read and have read the books, mm. there is this sense of this is a lesson for me, but in a way that makes it achievable. It makes it um, so much more touchable if you like because of the way the story is constructed thank you <laughs> but say i mean that is a fundamental belief that i have and that i'm extremely interested in exploring the books are all set in contemporary modern you know sort of they're not they're not set in any particular time they and that's deliberately so but so that they feel whatever contemporary moment you're reading them in they feel contemporary i wanted it to feel like ordinary life yes and then yeah I, I wanted actually to really have the tension of taking these characters in very normal banal you know settings and and showing actually what is also going on at the same time and the series is called beyond veils for a very significant reason and that is because with with just a simple change of perspective and perception, which can be as simple as just changing your thoughts, you do have access to all of this additional information, this additional knowledge, this additional wisdom, and uh, spirit or God or source or you know whatever your vocabulary is that you feel comfortable using around it is absolutely there. And the manner in which you access it, that's probably just down to where you are in your life and what learnings you've done and how many cycles you've had and so on and so forth. But very much the the innate sense of where the characters are, how they turn up in normal life, and then the, the slow revelation of why they have constructed those behaviours and why they behave in a particular way and what is what is energetically happening to them is something I really, really like to just sort of, you know, open the can on. Well, I would say to anybody, you know, go and meet, am I allowed to give the name? I won't give anything else. Go and meet Marcham, go and meet the Wood Witch. Um, there are so many characters there that, that are really worth meeting. They've got a lesson to offer you if you choose to take it, but they're a damn good read too. <laughs> now, we're coming towards the end of the interview so i want to ask you a couple of questions that are actually about you really so what's been your biggest life lesson oh <laughs> <laughs> like to deal with big things don't you know we won't deal with the trivial stuff like what you're having for tea although you can tell us that too but oh, i struggle with that <laughs> um i think if if i off the top of my head, um, I will go to my favourite four rules uh, of life, the rules of life, which are turn up. Yeah. Yeah. 
once you've turned up to whatever it is, yeah, life or a particular thing, make sure you're present in that thing, whatever it is. Um, so don't go drifting off in your mind to other places and this and the other. Be absolutely present. Be mindful or, you know, in the moment, mm -hmm. whatever your vocab is. Then make sure you speak your truth. Don't speak somebody else's. Speak your truth. FYI, you might have to work really hard at working out what that truth is and getting comfortable with it before you speak it, but definitely aim to speak it. And then once you've done all of that, let it go. <laughs> There's a sub one as well that I add in occasionally, especially when I'm talking to my children, which is do no unnecessary harm. <laughs> Along the way. I think that's a, a very important one, actually, uh, to include. Actually, in the most the one that's hardest to do is let it go, because so much, so much is outside of our control. So much of it is luck and just the right timing. And but I also believe that if you're meant for it, it will arrive. Um, so let it go, relax, just concentrate on turning up, being present, and telling the truth. Brilliant. And I think you know, particularly in fact, a conversation just before this show was with someone was around, you know, recognizing that that actually moment by moment you have a choice yeah. you can hold on to it and it can get bigger and bigger and in the sense of, of the um the airspace you give it or it you can let it go it can drift away and then you're free to get on with with whatever aren't you free will and choice are the two gifts that every human being is given to come yeah. to this earth to have free will and choice it is how we learn so remember yeah in every moment you have free will and you have choice. Now, I know you have a great newsletter that people can sign up for, um, but where can people find you? Well, um, I'm on Amazon in terms of where the books um, are easiest to get um, hold of. So just go to Amazon and look for Beyond Veils by Rachel Davidson and you should see the three titles there. They're available in ebook and paperback and two of them are in audiobook format as well third one will be. Um, there's my website, which is on the banner on the bottom of the screen. I've always wanted to do that, uh, which is <laughs> racheldavidsonauthor.com. And from that, you can see my where I am on social media and contact me if you want, email me, um, and also get links to Amazon to buy the books. And if you can't remember that, Amazon, then they're actually available through the Genuinely You website too. Um, I would say to you, they're really well worth a read. Thank you so much for having um, oh, for coming on the show. It's been a great pleasure to have you. Um, you. And for those of you who are listening or watching, see you back in a moment. But thank you. Thanks again, Rachel. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk4TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people, a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, 
live every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-you.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there. Great to see you back. We've been talking today about spiritual journeys, spiritual development, and I thought it would be worth talking to you about, well, if you want to grow, if you want life to be better, how can you help yourself? Well, my life's work has all been about helping people step into their genuine power so they can be the leaders of their own life. And sometimes life gets a bit tricky and it feels as if you're stuck in the quicksand. You don't quite know what to do. But other times things are going pretty well, but you just think they could be even better. I want to be the best version of me. And so what can you do about it? Well, I and a friend, Sukdev Christian, decided to create a series of videos where willing volunteers who never met um, volunteered to come and, and have coaching, or my version of coaching, uh, uh, um, and come and do it on camera for an hour. And so we started to film a series called Uncut with Gina and Sukdev. Now they're all on YouTube, they're free, but they give you an idea of, first of all, the range of things that people bring to a coaching session, but also how having somebody outside yourself question you in a very supportive and loving way can actually move you forward. And so if you want to get a feel of what it looks like, there are two places that you can do it. One is to sign up for the free TV series, Thriving Not Surviving. And uh, at the end, there is a coaching session that, that I've done with somebody in Los Angeles, and you can actually have a look at that. It's completely free. Just sign up for it. You could do that on the website, either genuinely-u.com or ginagardner.com, um, and you will find the link to those videos. And if you sign up, um, you'll get them every couple of days. One will drop into your inbox. Or you can go onto YouTube, genuinely, uh, genuinely You, and you will find those, but also you will find um, the Uncut with Gina and Sukdev. And it will give you a flavour of how having someone hold your space and hold you to account, challenge you, support you, ask the questions that make you think differently, how those can be of real value. You know, we live in very interesting times. I don't know what your spiritual um, beliefs are, but there are many people who believe that we are moving into a new era of consciousness, one where we have the choice to stay in 
uh, vibrational setting of hate, fear, uh, regret, frustration, all of those negative places which keep us stuck, or we can choose to come from a place of compassion, caring, kindness, loving, um, gratitude. And learning to live from those places doesn't mean that you don't ever feel a negative emotion, quite the opposite. All people feel negative emotion. This is not a Pollyanna thing. Just think positive thoughts and it will be all right. That's not what I'm saying at all. But ultimately you have the choice moment by moment whether you stay in that place of frustration, anger, jealousy, um, depression, anxiety, or whether you're gonna choose to do something about it. And so my life's work has been about providing people with the vehicle and the tools to help them help themselves. It's not about creating a dependency model. It's not about me doing it for you, but providing a, a wealth of uh, material. So whether you're, you can't afford it, then there's loads of stuff for free. If you want to invest in something um, that uh, is more structured, then there are programs which vary hugely from very inexpensive. If you're a leader and you want to be an enlightened leader and really give yourself the, the opportunity to lead um, in a way that creates wealth in the broadest sense in terms of great relationships, um, productivity and financial profitability, then there's either the Enlightened Leadership Programme or you can come and work with me on an accelerated programme. So there are opportunities of all sorts available to you, whatever your financial status, whatever your situation, there is something there to help. And what I would suggest is, you know, go and have a look at the websites. There are three of them, genuinely-u.com, which has got pretty much everything on it. If you're particularly interested in leadership, then enlightenedleadership.co. And if you're interested in the coaching or VIP days, things like that, then go to ginagardner.com. Lots of free stuff, lots of stuff to help you, okay? You can also get the books and there are other resources there. Now, this may sound like a hard sell and don't mean it to because what I would like for you is that as we approach 2021, that you start to take charge of your agenda. You start to become the leader of your own life because ultimately nobody can do it for you. The only person who can make that real difference in your life is you. But having the tools and strategies and principles to help you can make a huge difference. And I'm here to help you. I'd love to hear from you. Email me at gina at genuinely-u.com. And if you've got particular questions or you've got things that you would like covered in the show, then please let me know. We've got some fabulous guests lined up. Next week, we've got Paulette Rigo, and she is a divorce expert. We're going to be talking about relationships and how you make them go right, but what do you do when stuff goes wrong? As we move into Christmas, we've got um, Jill Tiny and the Collaboration Global um, organization. And then on uh, New Year's Eve, we've got uh, Masato Sato, uh, who's going to talk about B1G1, which is all about business, um, giving for business, uh, and how you extend your capacity to make a positive difference in the world and do that really easily. So everything that I'm about is to help you step into being the leader in your own life. So I invite you, go and explore, 
Go and try things out and let me know what you think. It's been a pleasure to have you. Please share the links. Please let people know it's coming on. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. Be the leader of your own life. You have been listening to The Leadership for Life with your host, Gina Gardner. Make sure you tune in to W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV next Thursday and every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for more Leadership for Life. If you missed any part of this episode or just want to hear or see it again, you can find the archive of the TV show on Talk 4 TV's YouTube channel and the podcast of The Leadership for Life on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, and wherever you listen to your podcast.